You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Good morning. We are here with Janie Sacco of the U.S. Small Business Administration in the Seattle office. Um, Today, we are going to talk about 7A loans, and I am going to make sure that our presenter, other presenter is online, and we can uh, go ahead and share our screen. And actually, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. That might be easier. And so, Janie, go right. Oh, if you have any questions, be sure and type them into the Q&A and we can ask them online. Thanks so much. And Janie, go right ahead. Okay. Well, we're going to um, thank you very much for having me again today. We're going to talk about an overview of all of the 7A um, SBA programs. And um, we're going to go through this at a pretty rapid pace. And I'm not going to cover exactly everything on every slide because I want you to have it available for you to review afterward, but we're going to give you the best content we can this morning. Next slide, please. So as I indicated, we're going to be talking about all of the SBA 7A loan programs. And what are they? Um, Really, just a quick statement about that is these programs are designed to help you as a business owner obtain financing from your lender that they may not do for you with one of their direct loan programs. So if you don't meet their credit qualification criteria, this is a great source for them to also review your application under and maybe still give you the loan. The um, standard operating procedures 10-5010-6 is published on the SBA website and those are all of the rules and requirements that the lenders have to comply with when they're looking at utilizing one of the SBA programs. Next slide please. So today we're going to go over again just a brief overview of all of the loan guarantee programs and an overview of the SBA's 504 loan program, a little bit about how they're different. And again, the 5010-6 standard operating procedures document is the one that was in effect as of October 1st, 2020. And I'm gonna give you a little bit of information on some of the exceptions we're working with right now related to COVID-19 programs. Next slide, please. So with an overview here of the 7A lender participation, with all of the SBA loan products, you actually obtain your funding directly from your lender. So you apply with your lender, you um, go through and meet all of their underwriting criteria, provide all of the application documents, all your financial statements, everything to the lender. The lender does an initial review and they make a determination if you meet their direct loan criteria. If you do not, then they take your application and they look at the SBA rules and requirements to see if within their underwriting process, they can do a loan for you in conjunction with an SBA product. 
That's how we enable lenders to expand their ability to provide funding to businesses in our communities. The lenders are given uh, an opportunity to apply for an SBA guarantee. What does that mean? Well, basically it means that the lender is doing the loan, they are applying to the SBA to have the SBA guarantee to them a certain percentage of the outstanding balance on the loan throughout its life. So if we are looking at a loan that's, let's say, $100,000, the lender would have an 85% guarantee from the SBA on the outstanding loan balance throughout the life of the loan. They're required to do certain compliance issues, as are the borrowers that are working with these programs. But in essence, that $100,000 loan would have a maximum loss of 15% for the lender at any point during the life of the loan in the event you as a small business owner could not make payment. So there are a variety of guarantee percentages ranging from 50 to 90% depending on the product. The most universal program we have is the, the ones that are guaranteed at 75 to 85%. So nice coverage for the lender, great opportunity for you as the business owner. Next slide, please. So what is the eligibility for SBA loans? Well, first of all, the business has to be an operating company organized for profit within your state. And it can be located in any state or including the territories and possessions. So we have opportunity for many businesses. When we're defining what is a small business, we are relying on SBA size requirements based on the North American industry codes, or we offer alternative size standards. So what I want you just to think about is if you are a manufacturer or a wholesaler, your size standard typically is based on your employee number, which can be up to 500 employees in most cases. If you're a retailer or a contractor, then your size requirement or size standard is based on a three-year average annual revenue as reported by your tax returns. And that varies widely in terms of that average annual revenue based on your industry type. And your lender has a list of all of the codes that we have for your industries and those size standards. So please rely on them for that determination. If you do not meet that size standard, then the alternative is for the lender to look at your tangible net worth, which needs to be less than $15 million, or they can look at your average net income for the past two years, and that needs to be under $5 million. So there are some exceptions for labor surplus areas, but that's a nucleus. So we have a really broad range of businesses that are eligible to participate in the program as a small business. They, the lenders have to also demonstrate to the SBA that they cannot fund this loan without the support of the SBA. So that's the need for desired credit that um, 
cannot be provided by them directly. Next slide, please. So we have rules for demonstrating that need for credit and the support of the SBA programs. So um, we're looking at liquidity issues. We're looking at collateral issues. Um, we're looking at um, items that are related to deficiencies and what we call the five C's of credit. And the five C's in a nutshell are your capacity or competency innately as a business owner to, to do your business, operate it. And then we have cash flow. So if you need a longer period of time to repay that loan, then the SBA allows for a better utilization of cash flow by extending the maturity of a loan beyond what the lenders would normally do. Then we look at capital requirements. And some lenders may require 30% down on a particular program. Whereas if they utilize the SBA program, they can have you provide only 10%. So capital is a very important thing because that's the amount of money that you're putting into the project. And if you can get your financing done with a smaller down payment, that's the reason that the, the lenders will utilize the SBA programs. When it comes to collateral, if you do not have enough liquidation value collateral in the business to support your loan amount fully, this is another reason that the lenders utilize the SBA guarantee programs. And the last one really is that if you have had sporadic credit issues, including up to a bankruptcy, the, the lenders may be able to use the SBA product to give you a loan even under those kinds of circumstances. So again, we rely on the lenders to evaluate those needs and issues to make a determination of that credit available elsewhere or not. And if they cannot do a direct loan for you, then they can maybe look at the SBA programs to support your credit needs. Next slide, please. We have a whole host of businesses that are ineligible for an SBA product. If you're a nonprofit or you're business engaged in lending or you do passive activities, um, those are the most common reasons that you, you are not eligible. But there's a whole host here. I'm not going to read through them because you, you can read through them as well as I can. But you need to focus on what are you eligible for. So when you're looking at your business type, compare it against this list and the, and the list on the next page. Um, certainly, if your business is engaged in legal gaming activities of more than 33% of your total revenue, you're not eligible. Pyramid plans, not eligible. Um, if you uh, are in a, a business where you are loaning money or you are engaged in SBA packaging and that's your source of income, you're not eligible. So, you know, we have very strict rules on that. Next slide, please. The other things that um, come into this ineligible that are, are of note to point out is that if you've ever had a prior loss where the government sustained that loss on any of its programs, you may not be eligible for an SBA product. If you have delinquent federal debt, you may not be eligible. Um, those individuals who are not U.S. citizens 
or are not um, legal permanent residents in this country are currently not eligible to apply for an SBA guarantee loan as well. So we have a few, we can't, but for most of you, you're eligible and should look at this in connection with your lender. Next slide, please. Some other factors that do impact eligibility have to do with character determinations. And we have a form that we ask the lenders to complete it is, uh, and for you to complete as well. It is a form 1919. It asks you a series of questions to help you determine eligibility. And one of those um, that I've already gone over is if you are a US citizen or a legal permanent residence. Um, so it's questions like that. Um, it, it also talks about um, felony activity and, and certain other things that, again, may impact your eligibility to apply. So you can look at the uh, 5010-6 SOP on page 152 and see what some of those issues are. And again, I already discussed the issue about your um, status in the country. So uh, we'll go on to the next slide. Now, the use of proceeds is very broad. And on the left side of this particular slide, it talks about all the, the uses of proceeds that you are able to do related to a physical location, whether you're leasing it or you're acquiring it um, or you're improving your existing facility. So you can do a land acquisition, you can do ground up construction, you can purchase a, a building. I think the big thing I wanna leave you with here is that when you're talking about real estate acquisition, your business needs to occupy at least 51% of an existing building that, um, that you intend on purchasing. But if it's a ground up construction, then your business initially needs to occupy at least 60%. On the right side of the slide, we have a tremendous number of uses of proceeds. You can use money for working capital purposes, acquiring inventory of all stripes, um, acquiring uh, uh, equipment, um, purchasing another business, helping with an expansion, you know, change of ownership, um, any type of business expense. So including refinancing certain existing debt, um, that debt has to meet an eligibility test that your lender will help you with. But any need in the business generally can be met with these proceeds. Next slide, please. We do have some restrictions on the use of proceeds. And one is that uh, and this is a general one, a purpose that does not benefit the applicant's small business. So what they're really saying here is that it, any money you borrow for a business has to be used by that business. It cannot be used by a business that is an affiliate. So if you have more than one and one is not eligible and you borrow under the business that is eligible, you have to use those funds in that eligible business not divert it over to the other one. Um, funds cannot be used 
for the benefit of the applicant owner. So we can't use proceeds simply to give your the owners a, a contribution or a distribution or a salary. It has to be a broader use for the business's um, advantage. So we do have some limitations on the refinancing of debt that's um, owed to other federal programs. And um, again, your lender will walk through all the detailed application uh, processes there. We do limit the money um, in terms of not paying delinquent taxes. So if you have delinquent business taxes due to your state, state of Washington or the IRS, the SBA proceeds cannot be used to bring those current. Um, we do have other restrictions on refinancing relocations. We want our communities to be vibrant and, um, and vital to the communities. So we don't want you to refinance uh, your, your location um, to a, a, out of an area that may be underserved. So those are some of the limitations there. And again, your lender will work with you to make sure you're in compliance because that's part of their responsibility. And certainly at any point, you can contact the SBA uh, and add our, our phone number for our district office, which is 206-553-7310. And uh, leave a message for right now. We'll get back to you the same day. Uh, we are not in the office. So, but you can utilize us and ask us any questions as well throughout this process uh, because we want to make sure you have quality information. Next slide, please. So the other core requirements for SBA lending have to do with ethical requirements um, related to the lender uh, and any lender associates. If you're going to a lender and um, one of their employees may be an owner in your business, that may be a little bit of conflict of interest. So we have some of those exclusions. Um, there are debarment suspensions and exclusions related to uh, contracting with the federal government. So again, we want to make sure that everybody's doing everything satisfactorily and that you have not been debarred, you have not been suspended, and you've not been excluded from federal contracting programs. Um, the lenders have a responsibility to remit funds to the SBA in a timely fashion related to guarantee fees and servicing fees um, that are ongoing on the loan. So in addition to you complying, the lender has to comply with certain things as well. And we work with them to make sure that everything is satisfactory. We do ask for personal guarantees, potentially spousal guarantees if it's applicable, and corporate guarantees if there is another business related to your entity or there's an, uh, another corporation that owns at least 20% of your, your uh, borrowing entity. So again, there's guidance that's issued, but the general rule is this. If you own at least 20% or more of your business, you will be asked to personally guarantee um, the loan. If you have a spouse who owns 5%, um, or more of the business, they will be asked to personally guarantee. And then again, if you have a corporation that is a corporate owner of your business at at least 20% or more, they are mandatorily required to guarantee your loan as well. 
We do work with the IRS to verify the tax information that you are providing to your lender. And the lender has very specific protocol that they have to follow related to that. We wanna make sure that all the information is in sync and matches. We do have insurance requirements that um, we have the lender be held accountable to. They have to have you evidence hazard or replacement insurance on all of your business assets. If you are doing any type of marine mortgage, then you may have marine mortgage insurance. You may be in a flood zone, so you may need to provide evidence of flood insurance. If you do not have enough collateral to fully support the loan with a combination of your business assets and your personal assets on a liquidation value basis, the lender may support that deficiency by asking you for a life insurance policy to be assigned to the lender, or you could also have a disability policy required. So that's all part of the underwriting that your lender will walk you through. If you have a, an historic property, then there are very specific rules regarding that, and your lender will work directly with the SBA to make sure that you're all in compliance with um, the historical property improvements or changes, because we want to make sure that you don't have any impact to um, change the historic uh, property nature of the building. And then we do have environmental policies and procedures. If you are acquiring a commercial piece of real estate, you will be required to do some type of environmental statement anywhere from um, just a, a question and answer um, form on the quality of the land um, and building being in compliance with all of the environmental standards. It may go all the way up to a phase two or phase three if um, there's evidence of contamination on the property and remediation is required. So again, you will be working with your lender on that. Next slide, please. Okay, and we are at 19 minutes, Jane. Okay, thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, next slide. There we go. Okay. All right. So there are several types of 7A loans. The basic one or standard one um, has a couple of different dollar amounts. And if your loan amount is equal to or less than $350,000, there is a credit scoring process that your lender has to go through in conjunction with the SBA. So that's um, a very easy process. Um, if the loan amount is more than $350,000, then the lender has to go through and do all of their underwriting. We have express loan products, which carry a lower guarantee percentage and make it easier for the lender to do the loan. Um, our cap line programs are working capital related. They're lines of credit, and um, they're really designed to help you meet your your temporary needs for inventory or labor costs or whatever as you're going through and doing your business. And then we have a whole pro program of export products. So that includes um, working capital needs for operating expenses to fund your accounts receivable or inventory. And then that international trade program is really a term loan more tied to facility needs. And um, it's a great product for those of you who are exporting your, your product or service. Next slide, please. We're gonna walk through some of the basics on uh, the uh, loan maturities. 
if you have a general purpose loan that is not related to real estate, most of those maturities do not exceed 10 years, all right? If you have anything that's related to a commercial real estate transaction, then the maturity generally does not exceed 25 years. Um, if you have a mixed use where you're doing working capital, inventory, leasehold improvements, and real estate, then the maximum maturity of that loan can match the maximum maturity of the asset, which in that case typically is real estate. So you could have a mixed use loan all the way up to 25 years if for a maturity, if there's commercial real estate involved. Next slide, please. I'm giving you some bullet points about the interest rates. You'll see interest rate information throughout the remaining slides based on the program. But what I really want your takeaway to be here is that there is an index that is used by your lender. It can be prime, LIBOR, or an SBA optional peg rate. And then there is a spread over that index. And that spread can range anywhere from a maximum of two and a quarter all the way up to 4.75 based on the dollar amount of your loan. So when you look at this chart, you wanna look at the maturities, you wanna look at the loan amount ranges to determine the maximum spread. Again, the interest rate is really based on the risk associated with the type of credit that you're doing. And that is that spread is at the discretion of your lender. So you can negotiate with them and work with them on ways to get that spread down. But those are all the maximums. All right, next slide, please. So credit standards, there are a couple of processing methods your lender will use. Um, if they tell you they are sending it to Citrus Heights, that means that they are looking for the SBA to do the underwriting of the eligibility on your loan. Um, if they are using delegated authority, that means that they're underwriting the loan for you and it doesn't have to go anywhere but to their institution. And it's a very efficient way for them to process the loan. Next slide, please. So our express loans um, generally have a maximum loan amount of $500,000. However, for COVID right now, through the end of our federal fiscal year, which is 930, um, the express loans are now up to $1 million. But again, that will um, is only in effect until uh, September 30th this year, and then it'll go back down to $500,000. This is a good product for the lenders to, for efficiency purposes because uh, they can underwrite the, the loan pretty much on their own, use their own documents, but in exchange for that, they're taking a smaller guarantee of 50%. And again, um, the maturity on this cannot exceed 10 years. And then you can see the interest rate ranges there. Um, I won't go over those individually. But the express program is really designed to have a quicker turnaround, more efficiency for your lender in getting you the money. Next slide, please. The cap line program, again, that's working capital. It's to fund accounts receivable, inventory, and some operating expenses for specific projects or growth in, for your business. So the maximum loan amount under this program is $5 million. 
and um, the guarantees range on based on the loan amount and but the maturity really here is not more than 10 years so your lender will work with you to determine what is the most appropriate based on um, the type and use of money to determine your maximum maturity on this particular product next slide please these are the interest rates for the, the cap line product. Next slide, slide please. On the export trade finance, um, the maximum loan amount for uh, the export express is $500,000. Um, again, the guarantee percentages range based on the amount of the loan. For this particular program, the maturity cannot exceed seven years or lines of credit. So you can see the interest rates here again, range, um, the, the ranges that are, are listed here are the maximum spreads based on the loan amounts. Next slide, please. For uh, the export working capital program, which is uh, again for larger loans going all the way up to $5 million, you do need to work with John Brislin. His information is listed here. Again, this is for exporting products. Um, or services that you're doing. The maximum guarantee on this program is 90% and the maximum maturity is 36 months. So um, your lender will work with John Brislin and help you through this process for this particular program. And um, it again is an outstanding tool to help you if you're exporting, get money, um, not only to help you expand, but grow your business and um, it's a very good program. And there are a lot of built in, um, what I want to say, uh, built in uh, properties to this product that make it attractive for your lender to do and help you with. Uh, there are a couple of ineligible NAICS codes if you're in the accommodation uh, sector or the gasoline um, station sector, then those two are the only ineligible codes for exporting. Next slide, please. Again, um, maximum loan amounts $5 million, maximum guarantee is 90%, and you can see the interest rate maximums. Next slide, please. There are fees um, under the programs. Currently, they are waived right now, um, but through September 30th related to COVID. But on, on a normal um, economic time, the lender pays a guarantee fee, that which may be passed along to you. Um, and you pay what we call a um, subsidy recoupment fee or prepayment penalty if you happen to pay your loan off um, earlier than anticipated. So what I want you to hear me say though, is that um, if you have an SBA loan that is 15 years or longer, those are the only loans that are subject to a prepayment penalty. And um, if you have a working capital loan that has a 10-year maturity, there is no prepayment penalty on those products. So again, we try and limit um, you know, your, your cost on these and only uh, loans that have a 15-year or longer maturity are subject to that prepayment penalty. So, um, all of these fees, et cetera, are typically built into the loan that the lender has to pay. Um, but the, uh, 
borrower prepayment penalties are out of pocket to you. Next slide, please. The guarantee fees, um, I'm just throwing this in here so you can see it. Your lender will help you work through that. Again, right now through September 30th, all of these fees are waived, which makes it attractive for you as a borrower to utilize the SBA program. And it makes it attractive for the lender too, because your loan amount generally is less and um, your, your ability to repay is stronger because you're borrowing less money. Next slide, please. Uh, basically, um, what this guarantee fee um, slide is, is a schedule of um, the guarantee fees that are paid um, to the SBA. It's a sliding scale process. So the larger your loan, um, the larger the guarantee fee that will be assessed on the loan in a normal economic environment. So again, this is for you just for information purposes, your lender will work with you on this. The other thing I do wanna note is these guarantee fees are generally built into your total project cost and included as a portion of the total financing. So you don't have to pay all these fees out of pocket. They are in part financeable. Next slide, please. So the big thing that I just wanna um, share with you is that um, one, again, I've said this earlier, um, you do have a lot of these fees waived until September 30th. That's a great thing for both you and the borrower. The other thing that's going on is that all of the SBA guaranteed loans are now carrying a 90% guarantee through the end of September this year, which is again, attractive for a lender to do an SBA guaranteed loan for you. Because if they're doing a $1 million loan, they get a 90% guarantee from the SBA, which means they only have a maximum $100,000 risk on a $1 million loan to you. That's a very attractive thing for them. And again, as I've mentioned earlier, uh, the guarantee fee and the ongoing guarantee fee are zero. So that's attractive because the lender and you don't have to pay um, that guarantee fee and the, the, the subsidy fee um, that is paid by the lender stays with them in terms of your interest rate. They may be able to pass on that interest rate savings to you too, and that's an economic benefit for um, both you and the lender. Next slide, please. Moving along quickly to the SBA's 504 program. This program is specifically for acquisition of fixed assets. So you can acquire equipment that has up to a um, 10 year or longer um, useful life, but um, included in that is commercial real estate. So uh, you really, uh, this is a great program if you're doing any fixed asset acquisition to check into. The primary eligibility factors are that you do need to have job creation per um, a certain percentage of your loan, or you need to retain employees. Um, there may be other economic um, development objectives or publicly policy goals that may be applicable depending on what's happening in the economy. 
So we want you to work with a certified development company. And I'm gonna give you a list of the ones that are in our state here in a few more slides. Next slide, please. The way a 504 program loan works is that you actually have two loans on your project. And let's say you have a $1 million commercial real estate acquisition for a general purpose building. Your third party lender, your lender, needs to finance 50% of that project. So your lender would have a first deed of trust for $500,000 on that particular project. The certified development company or CDC then has the ability to provide up to 40% of the financing or in this example, $400,000. You come in with a minimum of 10% of the project. That's your requirement. Compare this to the standard um, lender requirement of anywhere from 25 to 35 to 50% down payment on certain projects. So what's happening here with the 504 program is your capital contribution is minimized to typically um, that 10%. It can go up to 20 if you're a startup business and you have a special purpose property. Um, but most projects fall within the general purpose requirements and your minimum contribution is 10%. You are then financing the other 90% through a permanent loan with your lender and a permanent loan with the SBA. So it's a great product. And the reason for that is because the interest rates on this particular program are fixed. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute here. Next slide, please. So as I indicated, the third party lender for 50% of the project has a first deed of trust loan and they can offer you a five-year fixed rate or a 10-year fixed rate with a 10-year maturity and up to a 25-year amortization or repayment structure on your loan. So you have a nice fixed rate for either five or 10 years, depending on your lender. This, this certified development company in conjunction with the SBA will offer you a fixed rate for either 10 years, 20 years, or 25 years, depending on which program works best for you. The interest rate is fixed for that entire 10 or 20 or 25 year maturity. And what I want you to understand is right now, the interest rates on all of these maturities are under 3%. So it's ideal for you to work with this if you're looking at doing fixed asset acquisition. And again, you as a borrower bring in a minimum of 10% of the total project costs. Total project costs include your acquisition of your fixed asset. Um, if you're doing ground up construction, it will include construction costs. Uh, the project costs will include um, appraisals, environmentals, and any other closing costs permitting whatever is required as part of the project directly related to the asset that's being acquired. So when you look at everything, it's 10% of your total project. This is a great program for fixed asset acquisition. Next slide, please. Uh, the timing of this process 
usually um, it starts with you going into your, your lender and making a determination that you want to use the 504 program. The um, lender works with the CDC. They work together to get you through this process. Most of these on a general purpose um, product that doesn't have environmental problems can usually be closed within approximately 90 to 120 days. So it's not a long time um, and it's a very standard program that all of the lenders generally in our community work with um, if they are a participating SBA lender. So it's a great program. Again, allow you know, 90 to 120 days to get through this entire process and you'll end up with a quality low interest rate um, uh, loan for your commercial real estate. Next slide, please. Uh, the Economic Aid Act um, was signed in to, uh, into law December 27, 2020. Um, and really what it's doing with the 504 program is there's a processing fee of one and a half percent that is waived um, there's also participation fee that has been waived. So it's designed to, again, reduce your fees and your costs on your loan long-term. A great benefit for you. Next slide, please. So as I mentioned, um, the certified development companies specifically for the 504 programs, there are three. These are in alphabetical order. We have Ameritrust, we have Evergreen Business Capital and we have Northwest Business Development. They all offer um, the um, services of helping you finance your 504 program in conjunction with the SBA. So we have um, the email addresses and you can select any one of them um, based on your location or your conversation with them, uh, but they do provide the same service in terms of access to this 504 program. Next slide, please. I think we're opening up to questions. I kind of sailed through. So um, anyway, how are we doing? Well, we are at, we are 10 minutes over, but we have no questions. And thank you so much, Janie. This has been very informative. Um, to our audience, we will have this video up online later on, um, hopefully within the next couple of days. And we'll have your slides to go along with it too. If anybody, oh, there is one question. Okay. Um, it's from Carol Lundgren. And we just need her to type it in. But in the meantime, um, can you tell me if anybody would like to get in touch with you or um, the SBA over there in Seattle, um, what is the best way to go about to do that? I think that the most efficient thing to do is give us a call on 206. 553-7310. Again, that is our message line for right now, simply because we're not in the office, um, but we get back to everybody the same day. Um, that opens it up for any one of us to give you a call back um, as timely as possible. Um, I can also be reached directly at my email address of janie.socco at sba.gov. And that is J-A-N as in Nancy, I-E dot S is in Sam, A, C is in cat, C is in cat, O at sba.gov for any direct questions. Okay, and we have the question now. Uh, inventory and supply, can that be hotel furniture and fixtures if doing a 7A for a hotel purpose, purchase and renovation? 
And are these costs eligible to wrap into the loan? Yes, they are. Um, they are all um, eligible. Uh, the furniture, the fixtures, the leasehold improvements, those are all considered uh, fixed assets and are eligible for inclusion. And then any inventory that you need related to um, and supplies like your bedding or uh, you know anything that's related to the business operation itself, all of that is eligible. Thank you for asking that question. All right. And thank you again, Janie. This has been very informative and hopefully we'll see you soon. Okay. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.